Sarah, oh my goodness, I was following you this week on social media. And like, what the what? You're suddenly running around your neighborhood in a dinosaur costume. I laughed so hard. What? Like, but I, I wanted more information. I, like, it was literally like one frame on your story. And I'm like, wait, come back. What? what? I am. On? I am part dinosaur, Sarah. <laughs> <You> didn't, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I didn't get the memo on that one. <laughs> you you didn't realize this about me. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's, it was actually the biggest surprise of all time because a package showed up from Amazon on my doorstep and Ben kind of rolled his eyes. What did you order? I didn't order anything. I swear. Open it up and it's inflatable dinosaur costume. And like, and for like for anyone who doesn't, who didn't see Sarah's social this week, like, yeah. you know, the typical one that you picture, like the kind of like I've seen them before. Yeah. Like the typical inflatable dinosaur, like to a T. Perfect. It was amazing and ridiculous and i put of course i put it on right away and yeah. just started giggling and going crazy ben's just rolling his eyes at me like well clearly i need to share my joy with the neighborhood so i take the dog or, uh, for a jog around the neighborhood because i figured it'd be funny to have people look out their windows and see a dog and dinosaur running together the next morning i uh woke up my nieces and nephews um mm -hmm. in the dinosaur costume so they are let's see they're two four six and nine so wow. yeah or Perfect seven ages. and nine so they were yeah. all about it uh the youngest <laughs> one was terrified as was the dog but the rest of them got a big kick out of it right did the did the okay did the dog understand like so when you went running around the neighborhood did he understand that he was with you like could was smell enough to like connect you to the to the like strange inflatable thing that he was running with oh yeah my, my dog is not very smart so he didn't really care that much he tried to bite my tail a few times uh when we were in the house but once we were outside he didn't really care it was my brother's dog so I was walking menacingly across the front yard because I knew they were eating mm -hmm. breakfast. A couple of them were eating breakfast and that, you know, maybe they'd just see a dinosaur lurking in the front yard. And <laughs> their dog just went bananas. Absolutely insane. Just yapping and running circles around me. And I would just kind of lunge at her and she would run. Away. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. pretty awesome. Okay, so did you okay, so after this initial thing, so yeah. you got the suit, you ran around the block the next day, you like scared the kid scared slash played with the kids and then did you then like put it on on a daily basis? Like what do you do then with the dinosaur costume? Did you put it to good use? I don't know what the next steps are. Okay. Um, okay. So maybe we need some ideas. I I thought it'd be pretty awesome to order a bunch of dinosaur stickers, like packs of stickers. Mm -hmm. And just, like, walk down the street and give them to kids. Well, in my neighborhood, I know which houses there, there, where there are kids. And just, mm -hmm. like, knock on the door. But you can't really knock on doors right now. That's frowned upon. Put them in mailboxes. I don't know. I don't know. It's good for social distancing. Like, it makes me it think of, true. like, you know, like, Seinfeld and the Bubble Boy. Oh, yeah. And, like, sure. you're just, like, in a bubble type thing. Like, you're just, like, in this thing. You can't. If you're not going to like give any diseases to anyone or any, you're not going to no. spread viruses around nobody's, from inside an inflatable. Nobody's coming up close to me. I mean, if we run out of PPE in this country, inflatable T-Rex suit, call, oh call me up, doctors and nurses. 
Yeah, maybe that's what we should do. Like maybe that's next steps. Like next steps to getting out in the open again. Oh. You, you're allowed to go out as long as you're wearing an inflatable suit. That's really sad. There you go. Oh, Problem man. solved. Boom. Yeah, brutal. Uh, one of the things that I really loved was that my dad emailed me because he saw my Instagram story. And he said that... Uh, my one of my very favorite Christmases and he it triggered this memory he was absolutely right one of my favorite Christmases when I was a kid probably I don't know seven or eight there was an inflatable t-rex next to the pool or uh, next to the tree rather and I carried that thing around me for and it's probably like a six feet tall inflatable dinosaur I slept with it in bed with me I mean <laughs> a giant inflatable <laughs> It was a so T-Rex. The, you have you have deep roots with this inflatable dinosaur situation. Well, like, and, and that one was green, and my T my T-Rex suit now is brown, but very similar vein. The color is not it's not the main. Like, well, we don't actually know what color dinosaurs were, so that's a whole separate issue. But yeah, but it's still like the fact that my dad. I don't know. It was a moment. It was a moment that just was really sweet that he brought it back to me being a little kid and we had a chance to kind of bond over this. Um, Yeah. I like that. That's great. Your love of the inflatable dinosaur. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I had good news of my own this week after after my... How Mm. many viewers have seen your TikTok video? That's what it must be. That's my guess. (laughs) How did you know? <laughs> I'm so transparent and readable. Um, yeah, I think we're at. It's so funny now because like now I just like I think get, get up in the morning, check my TikTok numbers. <laughs> it's like part of the routine now. Um, so I think about like thirty eight point something k views. Wow. On this video, yeah, it's it, it it's fascinating to me because I still have like I've got a few more followers but I still have like something like 83 followers it's like it's it's in the 80s anyway right. <laughs> like it, it's a funny it's an interesting like algorithm and a funny like if you make a good video I mean not that I'm, I'm not saying my video is good if you make a video that the TikTok algorithm thinks is good and people start liking it for whatever reason it can go like it can go into their system and they'll show lots of people this video so you're not ready to give up everything to become a tiktok celebrity is what you're saying i'm not quite there yet but like one more viral video but it's it's like, more than the viral video you need you need loyal diehard fans <laughs> don't worry they'll come sarah they will come <laughs> 15 <laughs> seconds at a time <laughs> i'm winning them over um no it's actually been fun like it was i made another tiktok which i actually think is better like where there was like a story arc which like i think it's actually like i love i love video i love working with video i like telling a story through video if i could just like do just like give up everything and do one thing i think i'd probably just go tell video stories Hmm. um quite like if i could just get paid for that um i would do that a lot more than i already do so it like it suits me to make a 15 second video because you can like you can maybe spend like the most time you could spend on it would be an hour 
which is like a ridiculous amount of time to spend on a 15 second video, but it's still not like I do it on the weekend. Like, hmm, let's make a TikTok. Let's come up with a creative idea and do this thing. So um, it's part of my fun time. Yeah, so I, I did. I did see. I don't actually look, go. I haven't been on TikTok since you made me. Uh, but I do appreciate that for those of us who aren't on TikTok, you you repost on on Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. I think sometimes like some of this, the things on TikTok are like if you put them on Instagram, people are like, I mean, people might be thinking that anyway. Like when I put things on my story, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is that? I no, don't I, know. But, I like um, it. I like it. It's okay. good for those of okay. us who are kind of old school, non-TikTok people. Not hip yeah, and cool school, like you. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, oh, I love it. We're like nine minutes into the show and we haven't rolled the intro yet. Um, Okay. Coming up, we're going to talk about our training right now during COVID-19. Virtual racing updates. The PTO announced a middle distance world championship. And we're going to celebrate some great things in our lives after this. Hey, Sarah, what's what's that in your hand? Oh, I'm um, drinking a nice... uh, cab sav in this evening's recording oh, how about you yeah. what are you drinking i have some noon rest because it's nine o'clock at night i'm ready to go to bed after this well at least one of us is going to be well rested and hydrated after this recording we are so grateful to noon hydration for their sponsorship of this podcast and if you want to get 30 percent off you can go to noonlife.com and use the code ironwomen plural women as our sister podcast you can use that as a code and you will get 30 percent off your next order at noonlife.com i'm sarah gross and i'm sarah true and you're listening to if we were riding ask you Sarah because I think if I'm wondering this our listeners must be wondering this what is your training quote I don't know if I need to put that in air quotes or not like what what is your exercise routine slash training look like right now uh you know nothing has changed just kidding of course (laughs) things have changed that would be outrageous if nothing changed yeah I guess I guess the way I think about it is I'm still a professional athlete but it has just shifted in priority. So we have decreased my training load. We've decreased the volume. I'm obviously not swimming. Um, We don't know when racing is. So we just went back to, like, there are days where I am too tired after teaching, where I'll adjust my schedule and I don't feel bad about it because right now my priority is teaching the girls and staying healthy and I'm okay with it which is wild mm-hmm. it's it's crazy to me how quickly we adapt because if you'd asked me a few months ago if I would have been you know so relaxed about my training schedule yeah I'm I'm still getting out there you know up to my weekends are moderately big um but during the week it's just a little bit here or there yeah 
Right. So wow. what do you mean by, like, what does moderately big look like? Give me some specifics. Well, uh, I'm not swimming. I'm doing gym work a couple times a week. Um, running a bit. Riding a bit. Inside, outside. But I'm not doing... Do you do things? I'm not doing anything Sorry. like over three hours on the bike. Not doing right. crazy long stuff. I'm not going for Strava segments. I'm just... You know, doing a little bit of work to stay fit. But mm-hmm. honestly, until there's a race on the schedule, basically, like, keeping it a very, very low simmer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So does that mean a few sort of intervals or fast bits now and then? Yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. Sprinkled in? Yeah. Yeah. Because Well, and that's just what uh, my coach likes anyway. Because mm-hmm. it, it keeps you... You know, you don't need to do a lot of really high intensity to get a nice uh, aerobic response out of it. So you can train right. fewer hours and get more out of it when you do higher intensity, uh, little bits yeah. of high intensity. So that's, you know, uh, you know, as a CrossFitter, the oh, benefits yes. of the high intensity training. As a, as a seasoned <laughs> CrossFitter, I'm coming up on two years over there. Yeah. What, what about you? Like. Obviously, you've gotten a pretty creative about your gym routine. Yeah, it's actually been kind of interesting. I've settled in now a little bit. Like, remember we talked a few weeks ago about how I sort of learned that one week that, like, I'm not going to do burpees by myself yeah. on my back deck. Like, I'm, I'm zero motivated to do that. I literally gave up on that and just went for a run that day. Um, so I just kind of let that happen, right? Um, and so now, basically, it looks like the things I'm motivated to do are more on the lifting side. So we'll make up a little like lifting routine based on the equipment that I have, which is not very much. <laughs> um, so I just kind of like use what I have. And then um, and then I run. I actually run most days, but sometimes it's just super short. So sometimes it'll be just like 10 or 15 minutes as part of a warm-up. And sometimes it's like 25 minutes or even over an hour would be sort of my longest. Um, so I'm definitely doing more running because I have access to the trails really easily. And that's great. And I get to go outside <laughs> with running. So that's like always a, that's a priority. Um, and I've just been like more mo- motivated to do like lifting routines that aren't sort of like, it's not sort of CrossFit workouts with typically a bit more high intensity and like boom, 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 getting a bunch of stuff done. It's more just like, you know, three times 12, bent rows and then bench press and then pull-ups and oh so a bit more like stuff. standard gym routine less crossfitty yeah okay yeah I exactly because that's what I've been motivated to do um and I'm happy to do it and then and then I get more of that what do you call it um my intensity like you so so a lot of um crossfit training I find is a bit like intervals you know like a bit like a five times three minutes on one minute off workout would be something you might do in CrossFit just with different stuff, you know, but like lactic acids, elastic lactic acid when you produce it. Um, so I l- I'll tend to like, I'll go on a run if I'm feeling good. I'll just run hard up the hills. And that's my, like you said, how like a little bit can, um, can give you a good response or at least maintain Yeah. Um, a little. And I'm not maintaining fitness for anything at all. Um, life. Just, it just for life it feels good it feels good to be fit I like being able to like run fast when I feel good and yeah other days I run slow and it's fine well I I think I I'm actually shocked I've I've shifted towards more in that direction faster than I ever thought I would where 
I want to stay fit because it feels good and I would like to race again, but it's more just the lifestyle of it and how it makes me feel rather than any sort of performance goals per se. That's, yeah. that's weird because I've been in sport for a while and I, I thought that would be a hard transition for me to make. Right. Yeah. Cause I came out of that. Like I understand I came out of this, um, into this COVID-19 thing, um, already retired. Right. So I'd already made that shift and it was same for me, like that shift to like exercising for, because it makes you feel good and because you, you know, because you, you need to be outside and get some fresh air and my mental health and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I'd already made that shift. So it was like, not that big a thing, but also that shift in the first place, honestly, it wasn't that, it just wasn't that hard for me. Mm. It's like, it's just, I just check the boxes. Like, this is why I enjoy exercising. I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm a definitely like a big goal oriented person. So mm. it is interesting. Cause I, I think I probably was worried about myself is that you remove races from the equation and I would struggle to stay motivated. Uh, but I've stayed motivated for probably, you know, the right reasons rather mm -hmm. than just the strictly race-based reasons. So right, that makes, so it sounds like you have a good mix of like, like intrinsic motivation with that kind of external motivation from goals and races. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I realized that this whole thing we're in for the long haul. So you have to find kind of a sustainable level for you. And my sustainable level is definitely, you know, more like I want to stay fit. I want to stay active. I want to go hard because it feels good. But without that pressure of when am I going to race? Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, maybe I didn't give myself enough credit going into this. I thought that I would be kind of unmoored a bit more than I am. But it mm -hmm. also helps that I have something really big to focus on that's not myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shaping um, young minds, man. No pressure right. or anything. <laughs> What's more important than that? <laughs> As I just like, if anyone, if anyone heard of the background, my daughter came in and asked me for something and I just booted her out with a stern face. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> parenting um okay sarah you had some follow-up thoughts about like oh, so yeah. now kind of we've we're like in week i don't know sort of four or five now of this of like basically virtual racing happening um both of the iron man stuff and zwift um and i understand you had some follow-up thoughts yeah yeah so when we got done recording last week i been been likes to ask what we talk about and i relayed some of it and he got the impression that uh, I wasn't being hard enough on people who intentionally put in the wrong weight to get a performance advantage. And I definitely want to say, you know, in case that it didn't come across, cheaters totally suck. And if you're one of those people, you should be ashamed because that's really lame. Um, so just in case that didn't come across. Like, yeah, I think it's a little silly for people to get super worked up about this stuff but he's right like it it is definitely an indication of 
your value structure if you're willing to do that for something with no consequence. Um, so I just wanted, but I also realized that there was uh, a story that had been relayed to me uh, through one of these uh, people who's in charge of these races. And it really had upset me. And I'd, I'd heard it right before we've recorded. Um, one of the, a top pro was calling out another athlete for putting in a race weight that was uh, four kilos lighter than had been stated in some interview. And they had done the math wrong, Um, you know, like calling out somebody but using the wrong math. And like what was actually put in was a kilo lighter than what was said in this interview. So at that point, that's just silly. Like, and this was another person who has had tremendous results is obviously a very strong cyclist. So when you're a top pro calling out another top pro, like, come on guys, that's just, that, that really was very uh, annoying to me. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But then, you know, on the flip side, you look at the, the men's results from last week, for example, and some of those guys, you have to ask some serious questions, uh, which is why I give Zwift a lot of credit. Um, I don't know what Ironman's doing with their uh, verification process, but uh, so Zwift is moving, starting this week, they're moving to an A and B tiered pro race system for triathletes. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, so right. you you have to be a green jersey or basically like you have to be world class uh, to be in the A race and, you know, not be serving a doping ban, all these, all these different conditions. Um, they want you on Zwift power. So they really want to make sure that the A race, it's legit. And what uh, is, how does Zwift power, sorry, just like, oh, yeah. I just so I understand because I don't use Zwift. So like, how, how does Zwift power, how is that different from like your power meter that's connected? I, you, it's a, it's a basically like a backup verification system um, okay. that I don't know if it's through Zwift or it's third party. Um, probably Zwift owns it, but uh, they do it a lot with like the, the pro cycling races. Uh, it's it's something that athletes have to opt in and they provide more metrics to be able to use to basically like back up what, what they're doing is legit. So mm-hmm. it, I love that. You know what I like about it? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, but no, like, I love I love the idea of something that you opt into in terms of like I am being honest here. I'm completely open. Here's my thing. I'm willing to weigh in. This is my video of me weighing in. Like whatever that honesty means. Right. I love the opt-in versus like a system that's like goes after people that are potentially cheating or, oh, it doesn't, you don't look like you weigh that little or whatever the hell's kind of argument you would have otherwise. I think like that's a very honest, it's a way to get like the honest people, put them front and center and and spotlight that. Well, that that's... That's what I was trying to advocate for last week was Mm -hmm. coming from the athletes that if you don't like what is happening, be, you know, be a good role model for it, for these behaviors. But Swift is preempting that a little bit. And they're saying, okay, if you don't want to take all these additional steps, you can race in the B category. 
you're still going to get a great race in. But if you want to do the A race, then we ask you to do these additional measures. And we also want to make sure that you have proven in the real world that you're legit. Right. Now, the the additional process that they're having athletes go through, which I, I really respect, is if you finish in the top five, they want you to uh, take a video of you weighing yourself in. Right. Which I think is kind of awesome because, yeah. you know, and, and to be fair, this was Ben's point, is we're looking at a really long period of time before we have racing again in the real world. So these mm-hmm. sorts of things might actually take some serious weight, you know, if with if you're a bike sponsor or something like that, you know, if you're if you have athletes going to these marketing departments saying that I've won these Zwift races and it's calling to question whether or not it's legitimate or not. Zwift is making sure it's as legitimate as it possibly can so that it helps everybody. And I think yeah. I really, really commend them for um, trying to be proactive but also allowing, if you don't have two sources of power, uh, you can still race if you're a pro. So not not making it exclusive, you know, for al- allowing people to participate, but making sure that it is a legitimate result in the end. And I think mm-hmm. that's cool. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to them for sure. I'm actually thinking, I'm actually relating this sort of back to the CrossFit world. Because yeah. if you enter, I've done a couple local type crossfit competitions and a lot of them you um qualify through a virtual system right so you actually take a video of yourself doing a certain workout at your own home gym and like at the elite level of course everybody has to send that video in to prove that they did the score that they said they did but um they'll do a random selection of like so one time i got asked to i never took videos because i'm like nobody cares about me like I was like, like Kelly and I, when we used to talk on this podcast about it, when I was doing the open for the first time, it was like, I was like the 1000th person in my age group in Canada or something. <laughs> like It never <laughs> would have occurred to me that I was. Gonna... And then I got asked for a video. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay. So I had to go and do the workout again <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get it, to send them the video. Um, but like you can do stuff like that. Like, I think that does make it, um, I don't know. I think that does like make it fair. And it's not unheard of basically like in a virtual, in a world where we're racing against each other virtually. Um, video is the proof. So if it has to be you weighing in and then sitting on your trainer with a video on your power meter or something like, okay, fine. Yeah. You well, know. we, we want to, we want to believe in the results. So just like yes. basically the more information we have, the easier it is to buy in. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether you're a participant or a fan. Um, now, yeah. I I don't know what Iron Man is doing, uh, either for the amateur side or for the pros, uh, to make sure that they have some safeguards in place, because it sounds like, you know, there were some holes there. Um, but at least there are, there is movement for VR stuff to have some yeah. sort of quality control. Absolutely. And we're only a few weeks in, right? Yeah. Uh, to, you know, having to be in this situation and only being able to race virtually. So good on them for for trying, <laughs> for trying to get there, for taking steps. <laughs> um, so in the world of real racing, we had an announcement. I think it just came through today, Tuesday. We're recording a day early this week. 
um, that challenge. Okay, so I've got to get this right. Challenge North America, USA Triathlon, and the Professional Triathletes Organization are partnering um, for Challenge Daytona in December. And they're calling it the uh, PTO Middle Distance World Championship. And there's a prize purse of a million dollars. So, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Two thoughts. That's a lot of money. So that's awesome. Second thought. What's the world championship part? What does that mean? <laughs> our, our sport is definitely like rife with world championships here and there. And I, I'm going to have one. I'm going to start one here in my backyard. Just like the world championships of, I don't know, some random distance. The Sarah distance. World championships happening next week. Yeah. So like there is this thing of like everybody, like, you know, they want to own a world championship and that's fine. Um, I think... Apart from that random label that's seemingly not that meaningful in our sport sometimes. Um, I, I, th- I mean, I think it's good. It's good to have a million dollar race. It's good that all of these organizations are working together for a thing. Um, it's good for the pros to be paid more. So there's definitely some decent boxes checked there. I'm just going to be the salty one that says, why is it a world championship? That's so oh, silly. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not that salty that like they could have. It's just silly. So I I get that there are different organizations, yada, yada. But here's the problem. People who don't necessarily know, uh, they work oftentimes at in the market <laughs> marketing departments at companies and I've had conversations with some of them in the past and they're like, you would have no idea the people who show up to, you know, they turn in a resume and on paper, it looks really impressive. They're like, I won all these world titles. And if you don't know enough about the sport, you're like, wow, this is, this is great. But if you know a little bit about the sport, you're like, you won age world age group world championships in aqua bike like that is that is not a thing <laughs> no it's true <laughs> i actually ended up in this situation one time when i was working with wisp sports they're like a women in sport media startup and um she wanted me to interview she asked me to interview a woman who was like the duathlon world champion um, and I went, I don't know, I like started that down this, I don't know how far I got along this research. And I realized like, she's not a world champion. She's an age group world champion in duathlon. And I had to like, go back and go, we can't do this interview. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I like, I have to represent my own sport here and go like, let me find the actual duathlon world champion if we want to if we want to interview that person, <laughs> like if that's something we want to do. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's, yeah. it's awesome that people get super motivated by these things, but it is a little misleading. Well, and it's, and I think we got, we got some blowback about this, but I think like it was an interesting thought that Kelly had one time that like, there's not, I don't know, very many other sports, if any, that actually have world championships for people at the age of the actual pros in that sport. Um, but we do, um, which is, you know, it's good and it's motivating for it, but it's like, it, it creates an interesting dynamic 
because like if you're like a 35 to 39 or 30, 34 age group world champion, it's like, it. I mean, you are your world champion. I don't want to like, don't email me your hate mail. I, I don't want to like, but I'm not taking away your world championship. For, I'm just saying that like the actual fastest person in the world in that age group is not that person. Yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it before, yeah. basically, because I'm yeah, so yeah. used to like. So she brought it up, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, interesting." Yeah, like age group usually means either young or old. Well, you you take a sport like cycling, and mm-hmm. you have you know the elites, and you have masters, so right. you can be a masters world champion, or you can be a world champion. Yeah. Although cycling does have, so to, to right? the point about having all different world championships over all different distances and oh, yeah, yeah, aquathlon yeah. and aqua bike, that would have different distances and different. So maybe like we'll end up with a plethora of distances that are acceptable. Like I, it would be great if we could see some of these quote unquote world championships actually be competitive like world championships. So I just, I wonder, okay, so right now we have... Like the ITU long distance and Kona and 70.3 worlds and now the PTO one. I w- Let's step back for a second. A- and obviously ITU. Like of yeah. those, what's the meaningful world championship title? It's Kona and it's ITU. Yeah, that's true. If we have, sorry guys. Uh, although I do think I do think putting a million dollars on something can, like, it'll take time, but I think money can have an effect over time. Oh, but people are gonna tune in because it's a million dollar race, not because it's a world championship. Yeah, but then it then it hits a tipping point where it becomes a world championship because people are training for like there's a, because the field becomes deeper because people yeah. actually go there to compete because they. But right? at some point, you need you need a governing body, or else, like you said, okay, I'm gonna try to find a million dollars, and I'm going to have the Sarah True World Championship, and, <laughs> and invite all of my friends. I mean, and then we'll have just another World Championship. Like it, well, yeah. The and UCI part, part- has a World Championship. <laughs> There isn't then like three yes. other companies and competing interests that have a world championship. Right. As far and that's as I where know. you have like the, the idea of, and this is off discussed at our sport on slow twitch on forums, like is Kona actually even a world championship? Because the idea that you have a corporation right. that owns yeah. a, a world championship is, is like unique in the sport world. Um, and they don't usually like even the, um, even like that back to CrossFit. I'm on the CrossFit train today for some reason, but even the CrossFit open is still called the open, right? It's, it's because it's a privately owned, it's like a corporation, just like Ironman, very similar business models in terms of, um, in terms of having like a trademark name that people like, and that people use as like a badge of honor. You know, there's like a lot of great similarities, but they don't call it a world championship. Hmm. The open, it's just the open. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. Mm hmm. So nobody's getting like rainbow stripe CrossFit onesies. I mean, what do you, 
What do you wear? Booty shorts, Booty Sarah. shorts. Booty shorts. Rainbow stripe tops. <laughs> Booty shorts. Maybe. Yeah, I'm getting some rain. I get to call myself world champion to get some rainbow stripe <laughs> booty shorts because there's no world championships, so might as well be me. Why not? <laughs> I was just... I can hold the world championship. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like I said, you can hold your own world championship and just well, throw the title on there. Why not? Okay, biz, biz, next business move decided. <laughs> amazing um okay after our break we're gonna come back and we're gonna celebrate a little bit this week we grossly as in in a big way and truly want to thank our sponsor noon hydration for supporting if we were riding if you love us or even kind of like us or maybe just like our content you can make sure we grow through our patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash live feisty and also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com. And remember the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan All right, Sarah. So I had this idea. And okay. I will fully cop to the fact that I have stolen this idea from NPR. Um, I have good idea so far on NPR. Oh, yeah. So I can't even remember which show it is. But they have their listeners call in and leave a short voicemail basically talking about what, a really great moment in the previous week. And they make this compilation and I love it. It just, it's the kind of thing where I will drive around the neighborhood for a couple of minutes to listen to it because it just brings me so much joy. And I realized that because we don't have racing anytime soon, we all need to celebrate the little things, no matter how mm-hmm. mundane. And I think if it would be cool to have this as a semi-regular feature, maybe once a month or something, and have people leave voicemails, just be like, hey... I, you know, saw my first daffodil today. Or, hey, I got my PhD. Or my cousin's kid, you know, had a kid. I don't know. You do what you want. Like, I learned how to change my oil. Because I think that's pretty cool to to celebrate these things. And it also made me realize that well, I'm asking all, you know, our viewers to potentially leave a voicemail. The greatest thing that happened to me this past week was running around in inflatable dinosaur suit. That was that's my moment of celebration. I mean, COVID nineteen or no COVID nineteen, like that would be the best of any week. Like, you could win Kona or the Olympic Games, but if you get to run around in a, in a dinosaur costume. I don't know. I, I think that's a good one. Mostly because um, it was okay. unexpected. I think that's... <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going to go with... I had a different one written down. I'm going to go with 
um, this week. Now, listeners, you can't tell because I, I ordered this secret thing for my daughter. Um, so she has a favorite onesie that's like a manatee. It's like blue, this blue and gray thing. And it's so worn out and tired looking. So I went online to order her a new manatee onesie. And it's like, it's like um thick too. Like it's proper, it's, this is a proper onesie. Um, and they were on sale. I'm whispering now because she's in the other room. They were on sale. So I got one for me too. And like a kid's double XL. <laughs> oh, so it's now a like, kid size. Oh yeah. They didn't have grown up <laughs> sizes. <laughs> now and it's like on, it's like quick shipping too for some reason like the only place it's shipping quickly right now is like the it's like it's like her favorite youtubers merch site literally that's why i ordered this from it's so i'm like waiting by the mailbox the excitement of it alone is keeping me going so i'm pretty happy with my purchase i'm i'm happy for you will it make an appearance on tiktok this is the question we all want to know. I suspect it will. Although now the pressure is on Sarah to like repeat, to only make good TikToks. Whereas before I used to just be able to like put any crap on there that I thought was funny. Now I'm like, oh. You don't want to disappoint your 83 followers. (laughs) (laughs) Those 83 people are expecting quality. (laughs) it's always quality it's always quality just of different degrees (laughs) that's true (laughs) i like that i like that uh well i look forward to it i definitely want to i want to see this these manatee outfits okay so sarah i understand you have a like an out an outro saying for us do i know oh Mm -hmm. so I think guys we need we need a little bit of classiness in our lives. So I'm just going to say it this way. All right, podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in. Stay classy. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're